Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the adventure. Welcome to the Christ and Culture. This is Steve. And this is Clint. It's good to be back. It's been a while since we've been on together. Yeah, I don't think I've even seen you in like a month yeah. or more. It's been a while. Yeah. I walked in, I was like, you got a haircut. And he's like, I got this two weeks ago. And I was <laughs> like, this is our life now. Yeah, it's kind of sad, actually. Yeah, it is sad. But, but at least we still have the this show. Keep yeah. us coming back together. And if there's one good thing, it is that it is helping us maintain our friendship. Yeah. Hopefully it... it provides more goods than that but if that's <laughs> the only good i guess it's still a good yeah it's fun too but how's life for you since i haven't talked to you in a while good i've been busy been working uh you know working to save lives and yeah saving the babies yeah uh Probably yes a lot of really busy stuff right now with things going on in the government and policies and whatnot yeah for sure we also just recently had a convention So the Republican Party of Texas had a convention, and so we were there trying to make sure that pro-life stances were written into the platform, that those were the main focuses uh, going into the session uh, coming up in January. It was in San Antonio. Oh, Uh, nice. Yeah. I didn't didn't go, but a Uh, lot of my coworkers went, and um, our full-time legislative team and but yeah, no, it, it was it was really good. Uh, they actually adopted our language, um, and two, which is English. Yes, but like the language <laughs> that we use um, in terms of what we're looking for and how we want to go about it. Um, for sure. And they adopted two of our priorities, which is good. Our two main priorities got put into the platform. So. So do you have like lawyers, like a ton of lawyers that work with y'all? We we do have a full time counsel. And then, yeah, we have some lawyers that help and work with us. Our legislative team actually mostly are not lawyers. Really? Um, I don't think that. Yeah, they're mostly just lobbyists. So a lot of them are like political scientists. Sure. And theorists. So they know the lingo and the ins and outs. They're there. They're there making sure that, you know, that people actually are voting on the laws that they say they're going to vote on. Um, I mean, particularly in pro-life because that's really where we care. (laughs) It's right. like they're passing these laws that are saving lives. But yeah, no, it, it's it's been good. Uh, I've actually just had a work dinner today, so that was good. Yeah. Um, and now I'm here at your apartment, which I haven't recorded here in forever. Yeah, a couple months at least. <sighs> yeah, it's it's sad. Welcome back, though. I know, it feels... Um, I was going to say, it kind of feels like it's back to the roots. Yeah. You know, because this is where it all started. Yeah. Except I'm usually in that seat. Yeah, I mixed it up a little bit. Yeah, we're we're uh, he has four seats at a square table, and we've shifted ninety degrees. I'm in my same seat. 
I mean, I shifted 90 yeah, degrees. This is, I'm now across from him as opposed to sitting kind of. I just want to look at you. I want to. I want to see your face when I'm talking to you. It just feels more conversational. Okay. Well, that last part was redeeming. I was gonna. It's not much to look at. But, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, kind of makes me feel good. Speaking. Oh, speaking of just things, just intaking media, right? Because right. I'm sure we're gonna talk about it. Yeah. Eventually. Go for um, it. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Dude, right. I watched that last night. How cool is that? I I already knew I liked Chris Pratt. Already knew it. Already liked him. He's already Christian. He's said things. So for those of you who don't know. Uh, it's on our social media too. So, yeah, uh, so you check can check us out. out after you hear this episode. Yeah. But he was he was at was it MTV? Yeah, MTV Awards. MTV Awards. He won the Generation Award. And so he decided to speak uh, directly to the next generation, which was cool. And he gave his nine rules to life, some of which were kind of funny and goofy. like um, Still actually honest like good advice though yeah good advice as they are like they were they were good yeah but he basically started with make sure you breathe and then take care of your soul Mm -hmm. and then he ended with learn to pray god is real yeah god is real he loves you he believes in you i believe in him and so should you or something you will never be perfect but yeah god made you the way that you are and he died for you anyways uh, a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, it was it was really good. And to see him standing up and doing that, and the fact that he actually got some applause, I was like, wow. Quite a bit, is, yeah. yeah. And you saw people kind of nodding their head around, which was really just um, kind of encouraging, mm-hmm. I think. So I think there's a lot of Christians in Hollywood that are afraid to be Christian. Sure. Um, and I think that they're taking a stand, which I think is good. Yeah, and I think the next thing is, what does he do with it? Uh, yeah. does, he, does he follow up or... Is it just mm-hmm. those words that he said at the podium? So that'll yeah. be interesting to see kind of if he runs with that or yeah. how it goes. So if anyone knows how to get in touch with Chris Pratt. Yeah, get him, um, get him on the show, guys. Let's yeah. let's make this happen. Yeah, shout out to Chris Pratt if you're a listener. I don't think you are, but if you are, that'd be so cool. Yeah, and if you do know Chris Pratt, please have him listen. Yeah. Because that would be the coolest thing ever. It would be really cool. Maybe someday huh? he can be sitting right here. At this four-person table in my apartment in League City. Because it would be great. Other than that, Clint, what are you intaking, media-wise? So I've been, like, really busy with work, but I have been trying to take some time to read and mm-hmm. stuff. So a long time ago, I told you about this really boring book that I was reading on my Kindle. Uh, so I finally finished that. Oh, good. And I was so excited that I finally finished it. And then I got to the last page, and it's like get the sequel for free by clicking on this link and being the book nerd that I am, I clicked the link. So now I started the second book, which is just as bad as the first, but I'm reading it anyways. Good. Good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, so I'm, I've been working on that one lately. And then obviously the world cup has been mm. going on, which I've been waiting for, for four years. So mm. I have not missed a game until today because work, mm-hmm. but we have, Unlimited DVR, so I've been able to play back. I can tell that you live with David. Oh, it's been fantastic. Yeah, so Um, that's a David thing. He loves that DVR. Yeah. Well, I was I've never had it before now, but it's definitely good when games are in Russia, so they're all Mm -hmm. super early in the morning here. Hey, next one's here. Well, partially. Uh, Eight years. Oh, it's not the next one. The next one's in Qatar. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so in eight years, it'll be back, be back here. Christian Pulisic will be in his prime. We'll maybe win some For stuff. Sure. Yeah, and actually, the youth of the U.S. national team are pretty good, so I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. Yeah. They've been having a chance, so. It'll be good. Yeah, so with that, 
let's go ahead and kind of dive into this a little bit because we do have a, a lot on this topic. In fact, we have so much on this topic, we'll probably be splitting it into part one and part two. Yeah. So brace yourself for a two-week series on one movie. This is actually a movie that I've been waiting for since before we even started the podcast. This yeah. is one of the original ones I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I remember when this movie came out, I was in Florida on vacation with my family, and there was a basketball game in Iowa, University of Iowa basketball game in Florida. So all my family went to it, except for me and my younger brother, Clay. And we didn't want to just sit around, so we went to the movies. And we had not really even heard of Moana at that time. Which is the name of the movie, for those of you who are right. not figuring out. Right, I was trying out. to subtly sneak that in there. We mm-hmm. not even heard of Moana at the time, but we went to it, and then in the following two or three weeks, I went to it five times. Mm. So it's like a it's like a Cody move. It's definitely a Labe thing to do. But um, yeah, I actually a few weeks ago was like, oh, we should do it on Moana. When we first started this podcast, Clint would regularly say, "You need to watch Moana so we can do a podcast on it." Yeah, and he said this for months until I finally watched it. Yeah, so I I have the soundtrack. The extended one in my car. I just listen to it all the time. Did it's we fantastic. watch this together? We did not. No. Who did I watch this with? I don't know. I did watch it last night, though, just to kind of get back in the feels of things. And every time I watch it, I think I just find more Catholicity in mm. it. So I'm really, really excited about this. And that's why we're going to be talking about it potentially for two weeks. So bear with us. Uh, if you haven't seen Moana yet, then you need to get with it because that is personally my favorite favorite disney movie of all time yes i made that steep of a claim it is my favorite of all time mm. so check it out bold. it is bold yeah a lot of people disagree with me but you know what i mean people disagree on everything that's all um, right disagreeing is okay that's what brings uh, mm-hmm. growth yes. and yeah people have people have a right to be wrong it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead i'm just going to kind of walk through the story and we can discuss it as we as we go. Cool. So when we watch Moana, it starts with this elderly lady kind of telling us this creation story of how life entered the world. So obviously there's some very generic draws to our own creation story in the Bible, but I don't think that's a very strong point of comparison. I don't know what, what you would think on that, but I think it's a just kind of a generic uh, yeah. religion creation story well i think i think it recognizes that there is a beginning um sure that and it comes from some higher power yeah that there is some form of creation because i mean all cultures have that um Mm -hmm. some level of there was not something and now there is something um that creation happened right um where life comes from this this source of of greater power Mm mm-hmm yeah, right. So I think in, in that sense, we can draw a small comparison. But like I said, I don't think that's the main one we want to focus on. Mm-hmm. So being this story is about uh, Polynesian culture, obviously water is a huge, huge part of it. We've talked about it on here multiple times, how important water is in our own faith as Christians. But there's something special about the water in Moana that it's, it's very much alive Mm-hmm. It very much communicates and speaks to us. It's this living water, right? And 
I think it's interesting that the name Moana actually means like ocean or sea or something mm, like that. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So we already have just from her name alone, we see that she's going to have this connection with this living water. And so we, we know very early on, I guess, if, if you know that, you know, very early on that she has this connection to that water already. So I think in a lot of ways, this water represents God. Mm -hmm. He, he calls us, he guides us. He literally picks us up sometimes and puts us back on the right direction we need to be. There's this really adorable scene in the movie where Moana's really young and she's kind of walking by the beach and the water picks her up and makes her hair look all pretty and fun and they're like kind of playing around in the water. And we just see this kind of relationship of, of love and protection and guidance very early on that follows throughout. Mm -hmm. the whole thing. So I think that is a really major part that I want to talk about now because I think it leads into a lot of other points throughout the rest of the movie. So right after our creation story, we see Chief Tui come in and he's trying to assure all the little children that that terrible, scary creation story in fall that happens in the creation story is not true. And so he comes in and he says, there's no darkness, there are no monsters. And knowing that we have this creation story, we have this fall that comes in the creation story, and then we have this saying, there's no darkness, there are no monsters. I want to ask if that brings anything to your mind. It actually does. Um, I think that in a lot of ways... As a culture, we try to believe that. So, you know, we have all of our different means of uh, like social media, and we have our phones, and we have all this entertainment. And I think in a lot of ways, we try to be like the chief, right? Mm -hmm. And avoid our monsters or avoid that there's a darkness um, and maybe lie to ourselves and say that the things that we do that are dark um, are not actually that dark, that they're mm -hmm. okay, that it's not hurting anybody, right? And I think that this is a, an effect of sin, and I think that in a lot of ways people are afraid to confront themselves um, and confront that there there might be monsters inside or that there are actual ills out there um, and there is evil. And when we try to just avoid that, and, you know, if you think about it in terms of, you know, the, the recent shootings in Santa Fe, right, the school shooting, mm -hmm. uh, that's not very far from us. And you have that happen and it made national news, everyone was talking about it, and it sort of faded away from public consciousness, right? People went back to their lives. They ignored that there was darkness. They ignored that there were monsters. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a dangerous prospect. Right. Um, I think that, you know, one of the parts of being a light, right? We're called to be this basket, like this speaking of light, is not to be hidden under the bushel, right? That light like darkness doesn't actually exist, but we recognize where there's darkness because there's light to illuminate. And then we see where the darkness is, right? If it was all, if we all stayed in the dark, then we wouldn't really, everything would just be dark and we wouldn't really realize that there were shadows, that there was this darkness on the edge. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, the light of Christ shines light on the world. And then mm -hmm. you kind of see where the shadows lie. Right. Um, and it helps us to reflect in our own lives and others but I think that, that we, you know, we try to say this, we try to 
make things not seem like they're so bad that everything's just hunky dory. Yeah, it's almost this relativistic idea that mm-hmm. Satan doesn't exist, mm-hmm. that evil doesn't exist, that morality doesn't exist. And that was exactly what I was thinking too mm-hmm. there. So and I think that kind of makes things a little interesting as we move into some of this next stuff. But yeah, I definitely think that line there is supposed to draw us to this kind of relativistic idea. Mm-hmm. Right, that somehow we we're the ones who get to define what truth is. Yeah. Not that there is a truth and we accept it or not. It's a, if we deny the truth, then we can then fill no it with our own there. truth. Yeah, that's, right. it's no longer there, so we can fill the void. Yeah. So if we say there's no monsters, then there are no monsters. And we can say what is there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So one thing I do want to point out, though, is that even though this is a Disney movie, it very much kind of breaks a lot of the Disney cliches of the princess who needs the prince and all that stuff. And unlike other Disney movies, Moana's motivations for her quest is not for some guy or even her own sense of adventure. We see that it's because of, first off, she feels called by her ancestors, which we'll talk about later. I I think they have a really strong connection for us. Mm -hmm. And by the ocean itself, which we already said, uh, resembles God. Mm -hmm. So she feels this call that's coming from something beyond herself. And that's why she goes out. She very clearly loves her family, even though she's always felt called to do something else. And then the other thing I've noticed about that is her people are being plagued by this disease or this, they call it the darkness that is killing off all life in the ocean and the islands where they live. So this is, to me, I think it's kind of like the fall. Mm-hmm. And we see this, it starts after the creation story. So the the heart of Tefiti was stolen. So we, we learned that Tefiti is the goddess that brings life to the world. So her heart is stolen. And when that happens, death enters the world. And I think it's kind of, interesting that the death enters the world when something is stolen that was Mm. not supposed to be stolen yeah like adam and eve stealing Mm -hmm. the the forbidden fruit and then sin and death entered the world from that yeah and and what i actually really love about that um is there's this it's just so funny because you have this part of like there is no darkness right there are no monsters yeah and then you see this darkness actually creeping up um, and you see this grip and effect of sin that people are trying to ignore. Right. Um, and it, it takes me to a lot of different places. Um, you know, you think about the death that was happening in Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. And how people were just like, oh, well, it's not happening. Like, they were ignoring it. Like, they knew it was happening, but they just told themselves it wasn't. Sure. So they were able to ignore it. Or you, know, you think about, like, the abortion that's happening now you know like this widespread death that we have in america and people ignore it you know Mm -hmm. it's there you see the effects of sin you see this encroaching darkness and you just look elsewhere and you're like oh no no like that's that's not what that is that's that's something different yeah right and even the the separation of the families of the immigrants that's Mm -hmm. happening right now we see a lot Mm -hmm. of their possessions being taken i don't know if you've seen the pictures of like yeah a little bit their possessions being taken and it's Mm -hmm. like compared to the Holocaust photos and it, there's mm-hmm, some mm-hmm, resemblance mm-hmm. there, which, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. And, and you, and you have this, um, we talked about this a while ago, but there's like a scapegoating. Yeah. Oh um, dude, that was like November. Yeah. Uh, so throwback. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about, about that one. I remember we talked it about scapegoating. Marvel oh, something. uh, it was, um, 
gifted. The gifted, yes. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. many and the few. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you want to hear about scapegoating, go check out that podcast. Yeah. So another thing with Disney movies, as we know, almost all of them have some kind of musical numbers. So with that, we are actually going to be breaking down some of the songs as well. Uh, so we aren't going to go line by line like we do for some of the songs, but I think there are some things in here that kind of help us understand the message that Christ is trying to show us through this. So the first one we're going to talk about is the song Where You Are. All right, so this is a really, really fun one. I always break out dancing whenever this one <laughs> comes on, to be completely honest. So this is a song of Moana's father singing to her. Uh, his name is Chief Tui. We talked about him before. About she needs to stay on the island and serve her people as the next chief. And she, she doesn't need to go to the water. The water is dangerous. Her duty is here with her people. So we see Chief Tui saying, The village Montanui is all you need. The dancers are practicing and they dance to an ancient song. And then the villagers come in and they say, who needs a new song? This old one's all we need. And so right from this beginning, we get kind of the sense of tradition is important. And in a way, when I first saw this, I almost thought that they were kind of taking a shot at tradition because we see that tradition is restricting Moana in this sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's actually something I want to talk about because the tradition that they're looking at isn't the fullness of their tradition. So we'll talk about that in a little bit too, I think. Yeah. And and you talk about like, there's a sense that tradition is important. There's this line, this tradition is our mission. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it also says like, that's all you need. That comes in here quite a few times. Mm -hmm. Like this, what you see in front of you is all that you need. Mm -hmm. This tradition that we have right here. And then we see Moana just saying, I want to go to the sea. Uh, She wants to go look at the sea. Uh, And then Chief Tui says, don't walk away. Moana, stay on the ground now. Our people need a chief, and there you are. So this, again, is like this call to to stay with what you know, stay with what's comfortable, stay with this tradition that that you're familiar with. So we see a lot of good that's being called to to tradition, but also, like I said, we have kind of this this tension of how she's being held to the island, but she feels called to go somewhere else, <laughs> if that makes sense. And I think just in general in this song, there's also this like almost like a St. Augustine heart is restless yeah. sense. So you have For all sure. of this in terms of, you know, at the very end, I mean, she obviously comes back and the family and the tradition, everything's very important, mm-hmm. right? And that is where happiness is. And that there is a sense that, there comes a day when you're going to look around and realize happiness is where you are. And there is that truth there. Um, and he says, like, the island gives us all we need. And she says, and yet no one leaves. Yeah. Right. And there's this shot. And for me, I kind of almost picture it as, yeah, she needed to leave, um, that there was this mission beyond. But I think that, and sometimes, like, our relationship with God, right, in terms mm-hmm. of, like, this is everything we need. And yet, like, we sometimes feel drawn to somewhere else or um, even in a sense of, you know, God doesn't force us to be there. Like, it's not like we're stuck on the island. Right. Like, he allows us to leave the island and come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's there welcoming us back. And and I think that that's that sense of it's almost like a prison. You know, mm-hmm. she almost used it as like a prison 
even though that's where her family is and that's where her life is. Right. Um, yeah, and the the lines right after that, actually, I want to point out, it says... Uh, and the point is that some people view that like the church. Like, yeah. Like, this right. is everything I need, but like we're, I feel stuck for some reason. Yeah. yeah. And, and when we go to the line right after that, it says, that's right, we stay, we're safe and we're well provided. And when we look to the future, there you are. Right? And then it goes on to say, you must find happiness right where you are. Mm-hmm. Right? So we need to stay with what is comfortable. This is where you will find happiness. Uh, and whatever you know just from this is, is all that is, is good and true. And I think they do have, have a certain sense of, obviously, truth cannot change, right? Mm-hmm. But there's different ways to discover that. You know? And I think that's a big part of this podcast is showing that we can find Christ in everything, even when people are trying not to, that is the power of God. But what I really want to point out from this song is that, like we were talking about with tradition, this tradition that they're talking about is not actually the full tradition of their people, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So a little bit of spoiler, we're going to bump forward a little bit. What happens later on, actually right after the song, after she's a little bit older, she finds out that her, her family her ancestors were voyagers. They didn't stay to the island. They were traveling on the sea. They had this connection with the sea, right? And we already talked about how the sea was was God. And so these voyagers had this different connection, mm-hmm. this different tradition. And so we see that in this story, uh, there's a part where uh, Chief Tui takes Moana to the top of a mountain, and sh- actually it's in this song, and shows her this stack of stones and says, this is every chief who has been the chief of our people on this island have placed their stone on top of this mountain to raise it up and make it higher. Someday you will put yours here too. But we notice that the stack isn't really that high. I mean, it's, it's like belly button height maybe, which tells us that they really haven't been there that long. You know, maybe a couple hundred years or something like that. A few generations, yeah. yeah. But looking at what this means for us, they're looking at this tradition that's only been around for a couple hundred years. But the tradition goes so much deeper. And so to me, I think the island reminds me a little bit of progressive Catholics Mm -hmm. or or Protestant Christians who see this tradition of their faith, but they're not looking at the full picture as well. Right. And and like you said before, uh, a lot of the times we come back to, to the island. So it's, this island is not a bad thing. These, a lot of these traditions of even Protestant cultures, Protestant churches, are not necessarily bad. Some of them are, are very good. So I want to point out like uh, upbeat music and singing and dancing. Like all that stuff is great forms of worship and even says in scripture, was it David mm-hmm. danced before the Lord with all of his heart and all his yeah. might. Right. It's good to sing and dance for the Lord. He gave us those gifts to, to worship him. But on the other side, our tradition goes deeper than that. There's more beauty yeah. to right. that. And I think there's there are those in the church who like almost hold fast to these sorts of traditions, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you kind of sense this, where they're holding fast to these traditions that they know now. But they're yeah. like these older traditions, but like they're afraid. In the same sort of sense, sometimes you see that even in the Catholic Church of Catholics yeah. being afraid of some of those things, even though those have been a part of our tradition from the beginning, right? Like 
the gifts of the Holy Spirit were at Pentecost. Right. You know, um, and they talk about it, but like sometimes we get a little shaky on that. And that, yeah, God has this, and that you know, you talk about comfort zones, and like this is comfortable. But God very often calls us out of our comfort zones, right? It's not mm-hmm. enough to just be filled by God and sit there and have everything provided for you. You sometimes have to leave that comfort and share the gospel with others to bring them in. Right. And that requires you to step out of your comfort zone to do. And yeah. It takes a vulnerability there. And I think that's very much what this is about. You have to leave your island to, to share that with the world. Mm-hmm. And one other thing I want to say about tradition before we kind of move forward here but I do notice being in in youth ministry and you can agree or disagree on this but I think a lot of the times older generations have this idea that people our age or or younger just want this upbeat music and very vague spirituality that makes us feel good if if you look at the youth today especially working with high schoolers they want they don't want vague spirituality they want answers Mm -hmm. they want us to tell them what we believe so they can make a decision yeah they want a lot of the times, I'm thinking of very specific people in my program, they won the Latin Mass over mm-hmm. the the Life Teen Mass. I uh, I actually just saw one of your, uh, form, well, one of the teens, I don't know if he was there when you were there. So I go to Our Lady of Walsingham, uh, which okay. is a, uh, the Ordinariate, it's a very traditional sure. Anglican use Roman Catholic Church. Nice. At Orientum, like kneeling at parts that you wouldn't think and it's like extra extra prayers yeah. it's just a very very beautiful mass and i was like, talking to somebody there that when you look like a lot of the really progressive churches like some of them are really losing the youth mm-hmm. but then you have like the ordinary church and we have so many young people and so many young families right and people are flocking to that that there's something there that you know i, I uh, my friend brandon runs catholic memes and I would love if he would come on here. But anyway, my friend Brandon. So Brandon, if you're listening, come be on our podcast. Um, I think he actually does listen. But cool. he, uh, he he put something out there and it was like, people, it's like, what do the youth want in, uh, in, in church? And it was like, youth, uh, tradition, <laughs> Latin masses, Adorantum, like, and like things like that. And the communion yeah. rails. And it was like, it was like, Contemporary music? Okay. <laughs> oh, I totally saw that meme. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something along those lines. But there's a sense of they're like, oh, they want this. And it's like, but actually... They don't. We want truth. Yeah. And there's a truth in that. And I think Bishop Barron talks about this all the time. He talks mm-hmm. about his uh, beauty, goodness, and truth. And you always lead with what is beautiful. And there are so many beautiful things about the traditional Catholic mm-hmm. Church. You know, the, the, the liturgy is meant to be beautiful. It's meant to encompass mm-hmm. all of our senses both as a spiritual and a physical being mm-hmm. that's why we have incense that's why we have music yeah. that's why we have interactions where we yeah. stand sit mm-hmm. kneel all these things yeah. it's supposed to be sensory so that we are part of yeah. the worship and and so uh, at my work we read scripture and so right now we're working our way through leviticus oh fun one uh, but there's so <laughs> many things that you see there and it's funny because as like one of the catholics in the office I see some of the things that they're talking about there and I'm like, oh my gosh, like those so totally allude to really traditional masses, <laughs> you know, like things that are happening in right. the incense being like the smoke in the veil uh, and the cloud of the Lord. And mm-hmm. There's so much emulation. There's so much depth there that I think people um, are striving for. And I think a lot of it too is, it's no surprise, I actually like praise and worship. I actually like charismatic stuff. I'm not a fan of it in my liturgy. <laughs> 
Right. But that's my that's my yeah. personal thing. I, I'm not I'm not knocking anybody, right? Yeah. But that's my personal and a lot of that is I think those things are good and I see where they're good and where they're helpful. Um, but I also recognize that what are we saying when we're worshiping? Like what is our worship saying about what we believe about God? Well, like those are really exciting masses to go to, really exciting services, but we have to remember that it's the sacrifice of the Lord. Like we're at Calvary and God is before us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but if God were to like, if Jesus were to descend into your living room right now, I probably wouldn't be singing and dancing. I would probably fall prostrate on the floor and be, you know, cause like that's God. Yeah. And I think that you see that in that tradition, right? right? That that's, that's the beauty of it. That you're like, wow, there's really something here. Like we are really believing what we're saying. For sure. Um, anyway, I digress. No, that's that's good stuff. So kind of moving on on, on this song, because there are so many other songs I want to get to. Mm-hmm. We actually get to Moana's grandmother, who is the old woman who leads the creation story at the beginning. And she sings a part of this, the same song where she says, I like to dance with the water, the undertow and the waves. The water is mischievous. I like how it misbehaves. And I think this kind of speaks to just giving us an idea that she is in tune with the water, which, which is God. So we see her as a very holy person and she has kind of this interesting relationship with God, kind of like St. Teresa of Jesus, you know, the, Mm -hmm. this idea that God is kind of mischievous and you have kind of this interesting relationship back and forth. And it goes on to say the village may think I'm crazy or say that I go too far, but once you know what you like, there you are. And a lot of the times this is what people say when people are spiritual or, or really into their faith you're crazy or you're, you're going too far. But what she's saying is she's just recognizing that this is what she, she likes. This is what she's seeking. Mm-hmm. And that's where her identity lies. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's really important to look at as well. Yeah. This idea that uh, you don't want to be too into your faith. That's weird. Right. Right. <laughs> That'd be awful. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> so, and then the, the last thing I really want to point out, maybe there's something else you want to say, but she also goes on to say, you're your father's daughter, stubbornness and pride. Mind what he says, but remember, you may hear a voice inside. And if the voice starts to whisper to follow the farthest star, Moana, that voice inside is who you are. And so I think this is really, really important. It, it seems kind of just generic at the start, but when we look at it, we, we see that she's calling her to respect her father, you know, to obey the commandment, to obey your father and mother. But if she, she has this call by, by God, which we'll talk about in a second as well, to go to the furthest star mm-hmm. from here, she needs to do it. And I love the last line where it says, Moana, that voice inside is who you are. Mm-hmm. And so we see this connection again from Moana and, and God. And we've talked about this multiple times in, I don't know how many different episodes on here, our identity is traced back to God. It's right. not traced back to all these other things. Right, right. Um, and there's a sense of obviously having a well-formed conscience, but recognizing that God speaks to our hearts. Right. Right, that there is a desire deep down. Um, and obviously we need a well-formed conscience to be able to discern that, but that that's our deep desire and that's there. And I'm going to hop down, hop, skip, and yeah, jump down go. the song a little yeah. bit. But, you know, it talks about eventually at the very end of the song... She's saying, so here I'll stay, my home, my people beside me. And when I think of tomorrow, there we are. And then it's, I'll lead the way. I'll have my people to guide me. We'll build our future together. 
where we are because every path leads your way back to where you are. You can find happiness right where you are, where you are, right? But there's this sense of I'll lead the way, I'll have my people to guide me. She's recognizing that like the importance of that community, mm-hmm. right? That sometimes we feel drawn toward places, but our community is really important, right? Like this idea that we still have the church, right? That the church is still important and we need that. But she's saying I'll guide the way and I'll lead the way, which is this allusion toward the end when she's actually guiding her people back to the tradition of getting back on the waves. Yes. And she is leading the way and she is with her people and there they are. See, I love doing these podcasts with you guys because uh, in a lot of ways you, you think different than me, but obviously we're kind of on the same page as far as this uh, tradition idea. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of moving forward because we've only gone through one song. There is <laughs> <laughs> there is one line right after this where there's an old man sitting around a fire and Moana's with her pet chicken named Hey Hey, who I actually have a Hey Hey doll on the table here with us because I'm a huge fan of this movie. So the old man says, I'm curious about that chicken eating the rock. He seems to lack the basic intelligence for pretty much everything. Should we maybe just cook him? And Moana says something I think is pretty powerful. She says, sometimes our strengths lie beneath the surface. Far beneath in some cases, but I'm sure there is more to hey hey than meets the eye. And the reason why I bring this up is when we get to the last kind of resolution where Moana kind of brings everything together, I'm going to do a major spoiler alert. She's, mm-hmm. doing, she's sailing and Taka makes this huge wave. Taka is like a fire god, demon, mm-hmm. basically basically makes this giant wave and it's going to tip Moana's ship and she loses the heart of Tafiti, which she's trying to return and who catches it, but Hey, Hey, mm-hmm. this character that's been completely pointless and even more problematic throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. But he has this one role where if he was not there, then all would have been lost. Right. And so w- we see this idea that, even the the smallest, even what the seemingly most insignificant characters all have their right. their role to play. You kind of almost see that in scripture um, that For the sure. ones who have the biggest part to play are often broken or you know unqualified to do it. Yeah. I mean, Moses spoke for his people and he stuttered. <laughs> right, um, which is not a great thing to have if you're speaking in front of an entire people. Yeah, but the God sometimes likes to. And by not sometimes, but God chooses the lowly. We see this in scripture, chooses the lowly to exalt mm-hmm. because it shows the power of God more. Right. Right. Be easy for him to be like, oh, this person's already really high up. I'm going to have them use it. It's like, no, I'm going to pick the person at the bottom and raise them up mm-hmm. so that you know how powerful I am exactly. that I can do this. Yeah. So but com- even Hey Hey can be used. Even Hey Hey. We're going to go ahead and move into the next song. This is probably the most popular one. Uh, it's called How Far I'll Go. So this one, to me, is really about the call. And so we, we've talked about it a little bit already, but it really just talks about her relationship with the water. So it starts out, I've been staring at the edge of the water for as long as I can remember, never really knowing why. I wish I could be the perfect daughter, but I come back to the water no matter how hard I try. Every turn I take, every trail I track, every path I make, every road leads back, to the place I know where I cannot go, but where I long to be. You know, and this kind of leads back to what we were just talking about, how everything points back to God. No matter where we go, no matter how much we ignore the call, we're still going to be drawn to that because that is 
what we were made for. It's what we were created for. And she, she talks about the, the sea and how it, it calls her to itself. The same way that Christ calls to us, even in seemingly strange ways like Disney movies. And she says, if I go, there's just no telling how far I'll go. Right. And, and that's very much true. We, we don't know how far Christ is calling us to, but he is calling us. Mm-hmm. And it really talks about this, this draw between, do I stay on the island, do I serve my people, or do I go to where I feel like I'm being called? And so I think this is a really, really powerful song. Uh, but I think we've talked about some of this already. So is there anything specifically that you want to discuss on there? I really like the line, I can lead with pride, I can make us strong. I'll be satisfied if I play along, but the voice inside sing a diff- sings a different song, What Is Wrong With Me? Mm-hmm. I, this speaks to me personally uh, because I have chosen to work in ministry for the church and work at a nonprofit. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and what is wrong with me? <laughs> right. Like there are so many times where I'm like, this is what I want to do. And my dad's like, you're like, you know, my parents will be like, can't you just get like a real job and do this in your spare time? And yeah. I'm like, I could, like I could go out there and be really good in the business world, but that's not where I'm called. That's mm-hmm. not like yeah, I'm sure I could be satisfied. I'm sure I could live a life, but that's not where I'm being called to be alive. Right. And in the reprise of this song, when she actually decides to hop on the water, mm-hmm. the very last line is, soon I'll know how far I'll go. Right. Yeah. That once you say yes um, to God leading you, you finally have this excitement of, well, now I'll see how far it'll right. take me, where he's guiding me. And he's ultimately going to guide us all the way back to heaven. Right. Yeah. He's going to guide us the long way round. I was going to say, which actually leads us into this next thing I wanted to talk about because right after this, she's talking with her, her grandmother and her grandmother reveals that history of the, the voyagers to her and the, the truth about the darkness creeping onto their own Island. And that's why everything is dying. And so uh, the grandmother leads her to a secret part of the Island where they hide all of the ships that they used to voyage on. And they're at kind of a tunnel or a cave, and Moana asks, what's in there? And the grandma responds, the answer to the question that you keep asking yourself, who are you meant to be? And I love that because what's in there is this tradition, is her ancestors. And I think in this movie, we see this idea of ancestors as being someone who connects us back to the the ocean which connects us back to god right and i think we see this very strong resemblance of ancestors as saints right Mm -hmm. Uh, and if we go back to the question the answer to the question that you keep asking yourself who are you meant to be well if the the ancestors the saints are the ones that are in the tunnel well Mm -hmm. who are you supposed to be you are meant to be one of those saints Right. You're meant to be connected to the ocean just like your ancestors were, connected to God in that same way. So I want to hop into, if I'm sorry for just going all over the place. No, go But the song I Am Moana. Oh, wow. You're going way forward. (laughs) Yes. And I think that because it ties in well with what we're talking about now. Yeah. There's this sense, it's the same thing, right? Where grandma is kind of talking about this idea of this journey and who she is, right? 
and it's this bringing back, and I think it's like, who am I? I'm a girl who loves my island, and a girl who loves the sea it calls me. I am the daughter of the village chief, who are descended from voyagers, who found the way across the world, they call me. Right, and it goes along that same way that I think in a lot of ways, sometimes we think of, okay, well, I'm called to be a saint, right? Which means I have to stop being me. Like, I like these things. Like, oh, I like my faith, but I also like these things, and I have to give those up. And God doesn't ask, I mean, we give up sin, but God doesn't ask us to give up who we are. He asks us to use who we are to move forward, right? She loves her people, she loves her island, and she loves the sea. Mm-hmm. So she's to, to almost bring back the sense to be, bring back this voyager tradition to her people, yeah. to love both of them and bring this tradition back alive. Yeah. This is exactly my thought last night. And if you look at the next two lines, it's, it, I think it supports it even more. It says, mm-hmm. I'm the daughter of the village chief and we are descended from voyagers. Mm-hmm. I am both part of this village and I am part of these voyagers and they are not separate. One thing that uh, people who study Catholic theology always joke about is the both and. Mm-hmm. It's not either I'm this, either I'm a traditionalist or I'm a progressive Catholic. We, as Catholics, are both and. We, we are able to worship in, in both ways and we're able to find Christ in, in those. So it's not either I love the old traditions or mm-hmm. I love the new traditions. As the church, we are both. Right. The current and, and the past. Yeah, goth, or goth. God is both. Jesus is both man and God. Right. Right. We see this all throughout Catholic theology. It's both and, not either or. Mm-hmm. And so, really quick, because I know we are running a little long here, I want to jump back to one song quick. So, going back to when she's in the, the cave mm-hmm. and encountering mm-hmm. her ancestors, mm-hmm. she bangs on the drums and she sees this vision of her ancestors. And I think this is very much like prayer for us. So intercession with the saints, the the ancestors explain to her the traditions and also kind of point her on the right direction. And so we see this kind of affirmation of seeking the intercession of saints. And as we look to this, it really just talks about this tradition of the ancestors and their connection to the sea. Mm -hmm. And I think this really just draws her back to that finding I really just want to say that this couple lines here. We keep our island in our mind, and when it's time to find home, we know the way. Mm-hmm. So this idea that they are voyagers, but they know where they are rooted. They know their island. They know their their place where where they come back home. In this I Am Moana song, because I think there's a few things that really tie in well here. Sure. You know, when her grandma is speaking, Grandma Tala says, the people you love will change you. The things you have learned will guide you. Mm-hmm. Right, and there's this idea that talking about like the church, that tradition, right? That like in those communities, that love, right, is what changes us. That's where we experienced God mm-hmm. by loving others, and, and that exchange of love, like God is there. And and the call isn't out there at all. It's inside me. It's like the tide and always falling and rising. I will carry you here in my heart. You remind me that come what may, I know the way. Right. Right, that there's this, once you have that well-formed concentrate, you have that guiding voice of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. That, And you have these saints, right? That you have intercessors, you have people, because this is an exchange between her and her, at this point, deceased grandmother. There are people who are there for you, and there's this community, and there's this love that 
even death can't necessarily break. Right. Right. And it's the journey may reveal the, leave a scar, but scars can heal and reveal just where you are. Right. In terms of sometimes the path of a Christian is very much taking up the cross. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's scarring, mm-hmm. but that it is also healing. Right. That taking up the cross is to lead to the resurrection. Right. But that's all I have taken from these yeah. three songs. No, I think this is a really good start. Uh, I think a lot of the themes we've talked about here lead into kind of the the culmination and, and the peak moments in the rest of the movie. So tune in next week for that. I do want to give you guys a challenge, though. So my challenge for you is to kind of think outside of your norm. Leave your island, if you will. If you are more traditional, mm-hmm. then maybe look into some of the more progressive traditions of the church if you are more progressive check out some of the more old right traditions of the church and realize that there's beauty and truth in both Mm -hmm. so just kind of expand that a little bit and really i challenge you if you're kind of a reader to check out the early fathers and what they say about tradition i think that's really really important because they they do affirm a lot of the things that we're saying. If you look at Irenaeus, Origen, even St. Paul in his mm-hmm. letters in the Bible, Athanasius, Basil the Great, Augustine. Ignatius of Antioch. Yeah, I mean, literally any of them. So check those out if you do have those books, but I, I encourage you guys to check that out. Good so please, please, please tune in next week for the rest of this because all that we said today ties in for the rest of the stuff that we'll be releasing next week. So this is part one, but if you listen to part one, then you must listen to part two. So mm-hmm. check it out. Yep. Thank you guys. Please email us, Facebook us, text us. Subscribe. Scribble. Leave us reviews, stuff like yeah. that. Let us know what you like, uh, what we can improve on, what you guys would like us to do podcasts on. We want to hear from y'all. Tell your friends about us, unless you think we're terrible, in which case... Tell your friends about us because maybe they'll appreciate us. Yeah. So do it. Thank you all. Have a great day. And we'll see you guys next week. God bless.